Hey, we have a quick update for you. We've started posting to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. You can help support us by rating and reviewing so we can expand our reach. And if you already reviewed us, please help us by sharing this podcast with somebody who would be interested. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, welcome to Community Roots. This is Samuel Richards. And Dr. Adrienne Johnson. And we're off the beaten path today. Um, we're here with Beth McElhenney. Welcome, Beth. Hi. <laughs> we were just talking about Beth's last name and how much challenge I've had pronouncing it, even though, full disclosure, I've had Beth as a student at Wright State University. So thank you for helping me pronounce your name correctly. No problem. <laughs> Tell us about you. Who are you? Um, I am Beth, and I'm a student at Wright State University right now in the Clinical Mental Health Counseling Program. Mm -hmm. And I have an undergraduate degree in psychology from Miami University way back in 2001. And uh, <laughs> I also completed a minor in family studies um, at that time. And since then, I've been on the journey of being a mom most of the time with some part-time work uh, intermixed in there. So that's me. So having all the psychology and the family studies and the counseling background, how much of that has helped you navigate the journey of being a mom? Oh, well, you use those skills every single day. Every minute. Yeah, <laughs> constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in what way has that contributed to to your mental health journey? Hmm. Um, I think just wanting to model for my children mm -hmm. more than anything else. Um, there's been some awareness of mental health and trying to take good care of myself and um, teach them what emotions are, put words to that, um, and help them see that we are all human and mom sometimes has to process things too <laughs> and um but i'm still learning those things yeah i um i had the benefit of having two parents who were very into mental health and worked tirelessly to help their own mental health and it came about like whenever i was like 10 to 12 i'm not actually really sure whenever it came around but I could sense a shift and I even see my parents now how they deal with things is so radically different and it's so refreshing to have that perspective. So I can only imagine having that perspective from even being like four or five or mm -hmm. at a, such a younger age that that's so helpful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that um, I, I'm very aware now going back into studying the subject of how different I am. And, you know, when you go through your undergrad experience right out of high school, your brain development is not even complete at yeah. that time. No. And uh, a lot of people have said, well, why now? And, you know, 
it's for me, I've had no regrets on mm-hmm. living life for a while after college. That's and, what you needed to do. That was your yeah. journey. Yeah. And coming to it now, it's just I feel absolutely ready and at the right stage of things, but more integrated and complete in myself. So that makes a huge difference in being able to manage all the things. And not that that is always great. <laughs> <laughs> But we try. We do our best. <laughs> I think I think it is a process, and you yeah. grow as time moves on. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was somebody who went straight from high school to college and just was way unprepared. And That resonates with me. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. out of my element. I thought I wanted to do everything, and then I, that was too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. It gets and, overwhelming, and yeah. your coping skills kind of... And then you see all yeah. your friends graduate. Like, there is oh. all sorts of stuff that went into that, but I totally get having to just take a break and grow a little bit live a little bit and now whenever i'm i'm now going back to college i feel way more prepared way ready to take this on and if i hadn't stopped and just reevaluated and kind of had some grace with myself realizing i'm growing i'm still learning Mm -hmm. um then i wouldn't be here today so i'm really glad that i had that opportunity to take a breath Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. your journey shapes you what was most influential for you while you were recognizing your mental health and recognizing the need for your community to be involved in your mental health journey? Um, probably dealing with postpartum depression a little mm-hmm. bit. And I don't even think I knew at the time that that was really happening. Um, but I think the people around me were somewhat aware that things weren't 100% great. Absolutely. And so working through that, um, and, you know, I can look back now and see exactly everything that was happening. Um, But, yeah, I had a lot of support from family, a lot of support from friends, and uh, eventually had some counseling myself, which, of course, played a role in my knowledge of the field and wanting to continue in that. Was that influential in your decision to be a counselor in training? Yeah, it was. But I wouldn't say it was the only piece because I think, unfortunately, sometimes you can encounter bad counseling more than you. <laughs> and that teaches you so much about what you yeah. don't want to be like. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but even just taking the time for myself made a difference regardless. So, absolutely. I was mm-hmm. curious. I've heard a lot of people in my community talk about postpartum depression, and mm-hmm. I was curious like what did that look like? What were mm-hmm. the signs of that and what did it take to get you out of that? Mm-hmm. Um I think I felt and, and this is in the hindsight I have three children, and so at the time when I had my second child, I was able to recognize what was happening mm-hmm. in a different way. And I would describe that as just the sensation of my hormones crashing. Oh. And it happened while I was still in the hospital. Oof. And I was able to remember, you know, oh, that's what that was. And here it is. And it's happening again. And I know it's not, I'm not a bad mom. I'm not, oh. um, there's nothing wrong with me, quote unquote. I am experiencing a normal hormonal fluctuation and I do need some support and was able to like reach out a lot quicker. So um, for my first child, I just felt um, very isolated, weepy, sad, 
um, didn't feel like myself at all. And it's such a tremendous role change that happens all at once. Mm. And I had a very intense baby that wasn't sleeping and um, trying to find yourself again. Like, who am I? What is happening? And how do I? You love your child immeasurably, but how do you reconcile that with just not feeling good? Mm. So... Um, I think the second part of your question was about how I got out of it. And I think more than anything, just time and continued support from family and friends. Did they recognize the symptoms before you did? I think so, but we didn't talk about it in those terms. It can be very isolating. Yeah. Especially if it's your first child. No Mm -hmm. one expects that. And when we have children, we're expected to be joyful and blissful and excited, but Mm -hmm. there's so much more that goes into having a baby. Right, yeah. I had people saying things like, I'm worried about you, or um, I think maybe we should... why don't we go out and let's go to the mall? And like, and that's kinda... the last thing you wanted. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was helpful though because I think you know some of it uh, is just the understanding of I can still go out and do normal things yes. even though nothing feels the same, and I'm not sure how it's going to go. <laughs> sure. So, how beautiful that you sought out counseling and you were able to address all the multitude of symptoms you had during the course of your journey towards mental health. Mm -hmm. How do you maintain mental health now? You're a busy mom. Mm -hmm. You are a student and, and your schedule is, is really demanding. There's very little margin, very little, (laughs) (laughs) very little margin. And so something that I worked on recently, as we enter into the counseling program, we're encouraged to see a counselor again, um, because Mm -hmm. we, you have to work on yourself before you can try to attempt to be there for someone else. Um, so if you think about that in terms of parenting, we all need help, (laughs) but, um, one thing that I worked on a lot last year was the concept of fluid self-care. So adding some, flexibility into my thinking about what self-care actually is. And I don't always have time to go to the ideal one-hour yoga class, Mm. but maybe I can take five minutes in the car and practice a little bit of that yoga breathing instead of worrying about what's coming down the pike or how much Mm -hmm. I still have on my plate. Finding little spots in my day where I can fit in putting my feet in the grass for a little bit, having some like soul nourishing connection either with myself or with someone else who knows me well. And those little moments and putting those in there really makes a big difference. And of course, I would love to do a whole spa day and go to yoga one (laughs) all the time. But (laughs) on the days and the seasons of life where that isn't possible, Mm. finding the small ways is very helpful Mm -hmm. for me. You're speaking to mindfulness Mm -hmm. and the connection that, that you feel with the, just the ground and and your own roots. Mm -hmm. So, and referencing community roots and routes in connection with a journey, you feel like you're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I, I definitely do. And I won't say there wasn't a lot of uh, fear involved with looking in my late thirties at, Hmm, I haven't really uh, worked um, full-time job in quite some time, but I'm going to apply to grad school and go get a master's. <laughs> and like, 
it seemed a little crazy on paper, um, but, but every, every time that I took a step towards trying to find out if it was a good idea, the door seemed to open. Every time that I would take another step towards <clears throat> maybe filling out the application or trying to get a referral for the application <laughs> process, the doors just kept opening. And every time that I've had an opportunity to interact with colleagues like we are today, um, it's a, it reinforces that this is the right place and the right path. When you find that one of the doors does not open as easily, how do you advocate for yourself? Mm. I would say going back to all of the truths that I was clinging to to help me make the decision. Mm -hmm. um, so I spent a lot of time seeking counsel from people who know me well um, about like what are my what are the things I'm good at and what can I what can I bring to the table kind of mm -hmm. and. <clears throat> When there's a hard moment, just going back to those, when I need to revisit those those truths, um, what I learned during that process that's available for me. So, mm -hmm. I think I wanted to talk about real quickly just how refreshing it is as somebody who's really young to see that no matter what point you're at in your life, you can kind of realize that you're in a journey and that... If you want to take a different route down, then you totally can. And I think that's super cool. And I think my mom can talk about that, speak to that as well, as it doesn't matter what age you are, you can take, reevaluate and move somewhere different. And it's cool how those doors open no matter what age you are. And I think there's such a mindset. I talk about schooling a lot, but just like as soon as you're done with college or you go straight from college to grad school, that suddenly you're just done. And it's really cool and refreshing to see that it doesn't matter how old you are, life's not over. And you can be 30, 40, 60, 80, like it doesn't matter. You can start to shift gears and move into a positive place that you can still grow. Mm-hmm. Yes, life life is fluid. Yeah. And I love your linkage with fluid self-care. Can you speak more to what's what fluid self-care is? Mm. And how people in our community, our listeners can do that, can engage in that process. I think it's very individual. You have to look at what truly nourishes you. And okay. that's going to be different for everybody. And so having um for some people, it might be music. For some people, it might be um, going to yoga. It might be that, you know, taking a weekend away with your spouse or whatever is truly nourishing. Because it's something that, you know, sometimes we can put pressure on ourselves to, oh, I've got to go work out. I've got to do this because it's good for me. I need, I need good nutrition. Mm -hmm. And we can get a little bit... Um, pressurey about that for ourselves and then it's no longer self-care so just kind of noticing what's really going on and what is actually nourishing if you're just joining us um this is community roots off the beaten path um we are interviewing beth McElhaney um <laughs> on wgrn 94.1 lpfm columbus the green renaissance relating to mental health what is your passion Ooh, I feel like I'm still f 
finding that out because I'm still a student and I'm looking forward to um, through practicum and internship that are coming up, oh, kind of exciting. figuring that out a little bit more. Something that I keep coming back to is the idea of working with caregivers um, mm. because I I watched my mom like in the sandwich generation of caring yes. for kids and caring for aging parents mm. and um, just a lot of other examples in, in my circles that I've been exposed to of parents caring for children with special needs. However, the situation arises if you're trying to care for someone else, you really need a lot of support yourself. And there's actually research that shows that doing so improves the outcome for the person you're caring for as well as for yourself. So that's something I'm really interested in exploring more as I go through the program. Um, want to draw back to kind of having kids and raising kids while mm-hmm. going through this mental health journey. What do you teach them? I bet you we have a lot of listeners that have young ki- children or children of all ages. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering what you like to pass on to them. Like, what are some things that are important lessons that you want to impart on your children as they grow up? Well, since I know your mom, Samuel, <laughs> maybe you'll be able to relate with this. I really feel like the most important thing is not something that I tell them, but it's mm. being really present with them and having worked through my own stuff more than anything. And that's an ongoing process. I think parenting is so challenging and there's so it's so beautiful and amazing, but there are times when a lot of needs go unmet for the parent. And if you can tune into that and pay attention to that and model for your kids what it looks like working through difficult emotions. Um, You have to work through, you have to do that process for yourself. And then as a child is dealing with anxiety, maybe I'm saying something like, hey, remember um, when this happened to mom, it was really hard for me too. Um, let's, Let's talk through it and I'm just reflecting their feelings back and trying to let them know that I'm there for them no matter what. Um, So I used to think it was a lot more about having right answers. And Mm. now I'm really 100% sure that I don't have all the right answers. (laughs) I'm not going to have all the right answers, but I need to allow them to explore and just be really truly connected and with them. Humanizing the parental experience. Showing your children it's okay to see me as a person, a human mm-hmm. outside of being a mom. It's one of my many identities. And I learn along my journey, and I'm giving those lessons to you as a human, not mm-hmm. just a mom. And I think one of the big things that I know I struggled with, and I've heard a lot of other parents talk about, is being reactive to your children. Oh, yes. Mm. And it's so easy to just <laughs> come out at a like level 10 when mm. something relatively minor happens. Sure. But maybe you've talked about that to your other two children four times already today. <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> trying to understand that process within yourself and recognize anger or um, <clears throat> being a little on edge or whatever before you hit that point and being able to respond intentionally instead of just reacting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's take a pause real quick. We were talking off air about 
the striving for perfection and not being good enough and trying to be better instead of accepting our best. And I was wondering, Beth, what you thought about the striving of perfection. I think that's been a real struggle because I've wanted to be the best mom and I've wanted to be the best at things. And, you know, as you go through life, you find out what you're good at and what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I've really just, and one of the reasons why I chose counseling to go into instead of a different field is the strengths-based approach. And yes. I, I think playing to your strengths is so, so, so important. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to do work that's intrinsically rewarding. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing to your strengths and not fighting against who you actually are <laughs> in your work or as a mom or anything else, um, it just makes all the difference in the world. And then I hope that I can also give that message to kids and clients and other people that, you know, you don't have to be good at everything. Some There's a phrase in our house that we say sometimes, and it's, we're good at other things, or I'm good at other things. When something gets pointed out, or we've had a, a mm. mess up or a mistake, just being able to say, you know what, that's all right. I am really good at other stuff, not this. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I, I really do like that too. Yes, yes. Um, in uh, my doc studies, I had a a professor who said. Um, you're going to be better than me. I want you to be better than me. And I, it, awesome. it's still with me. It, yes, it was so impactful. And I thought, well, how can I be better than you? You're, you're the licensed professional and you're teaching me. How can I be better? And then when I graduated, I made this deal with the universe. If I could get a really great job, then I would be the best counselor educator ever. And with my first counseling job, I'll, I'll be the best counselor ever. And I realized through my, my years of practice, my years of teaching, that being good enough is all all on me. I just need to be the best I can be, and that's mm-hmm. enough. Um, that I can be enough for my clients if I'm fully present, and I can be enough for my students if I'm fully engaged. I don't have to be the best. I don't have to compare myself to anybody else. I just need to be what they need me to be, and then then I've achieved my purpose. Absolutely. And that's, it's so much easier to connect with someone who isn't perfect, Mm -hmm. and doesn't have everything all figured out, and is going with what they're good at. So, you know, I appreciate that when I see a professor or anyone else in life who's just kind of owning their humanness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I am gifted in in the things that I'm gifted in. And that's where I can camp out. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And the other stuff might be whatever, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to stick with playing to my strengths because I think that's what we're all really here to do. I agree with you. So. And we're good at other things too. Yeah. <laughs> we're human and that's okay. We grow. Yeah. I think that's really important for kids to see too, the fact that their parents are human. I think a lot of kids look at their parents as these perfect beings. I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> Like, you can say that, but I do remember being a kid, and mm-hmm. that's where I felt like the shift with my parents were, where, I mean, obviously I knew my parents weren't perfect, but you kind of look up to them in a way that they've been your leader since birth, mm-hmm. and to start talking about some of the stuff that 
people don't normally talk about, like affirmations and how they're needed for everyone and um, other things that you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to put out this air of perfection, I think is really important. Yes, Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. I was shocked when I found out that my parents were perfect. I was also shocked to find out that my parents were people. (laughs) <laughs> I thought parents were parents, not actual people. Yes. <laughs> who do things outside of being a, being a parent. They weren't just my parents. They were also parents. Mm-hmm. And it really, mm. I, it just, I made that shift. And I, I think I was in probably like um, adolescence when I figured this out. I, I was a late bloomer, apparently. <laughs> Everybody else knew. <laughs> and, and I thought, wow, my, my mom is also a woman and she's, uh, she's a, a a teacher, and she's a she's her own uh, counselor in a way. I mean, she was she was my everything. Mm-hmm. And my dad is a is a man, and he he works, and my mom works, and they work together, and they're a partnership beyond raising me. And it was just the most humbling, unreal experience. And I saw them in a whole new light, and I have such respect for them, and it's amazing. Yeah, um, I mean, it, from my own experience too. Um, I remember thinking like, oh, it's weird to think that your parents did stuff before you were born. And I know <laughs> yeah. Was... yeah. History started with me. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Year zero. I also think it's so great. Like now I know my parents as people and I'm continually, I feel like I almost woke up at 18 in that way that I was like, oh, duh, there yes. are people too. Mm-hmm. And so to see them in this way, especially in this healthy relationship way too, that I can go to them for stuff and I feel like it's a safe place and we're just learning more about each other as we grow older, I think is so much cooler than just having this unreachable parent parental figure that you'll just never connect to or never... Um, get to know as well as like oh not only do they have mistakes and they're not perfect they also have interests that you've never heard of before and um, they have lives that have existed and it's really cool it's a cool experience you do have cool parents (laughs) (laughs) and I would like to see a picture of the long hair on your dad (laughs) oh yeah that's interesting yeah It's weird. It's like a different, and it's funny because my brother now has long hair, and mm-hmm. so he's kind of like, and he wears like the shoes that my dad did whenever he was younger. So it's just really funny <laughs> to kind of see that reflection on both. Anyway, we're kind of reaching the end of our time. So thank you, Beth, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. I'm glad you could join us. Thanks. Yeah, and so um, please do not forget to rate and review us. Uh, we just went public so that we're on iTunes. Uh, Google Podcasts, Bean Pod is something mom talks about all the time, or Pod Bean. <laughs> one of the two. I obviously don't use that one. And um, uh, and if you have an, uh, any th- uh, questions or want to reach out, go to Facebook and search Community Roots Podcast. Go to Instagram at communityroots.pod. And um, you can contact us through email at communityroots.pod at gmail.com. Yeah, and share this with a friend. If this is something that you feel like your friend should hear or that you want to just grow your network of mental health goodness, then share us along. So, yeah, that's going to be it from us. Special thanks to Adrienne and Beth and my mom, Julie Richards, Lisa Gilchrist, the people here at WGRN, Alexander Wells, Steve Dodge, Steve Paracas. And yourself. Yeah, do you guys have anybody you want to thank? (laughs) (laughs) 
I will say thank you to my parents as well. And oh, yeah, my parents. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mom and Dad. In talking about the the self-care things that we touched on today you know i think about them and their love of nature and teaching me to be connected so thanks for having me and thanks to mom and dad yeah. Yeah. yes yes <laughs> thanks to all mom and dads <laughs> and that'll be it for this week catch us next week at 9 a.m on 94.1 and we'll see you then